well, it's easy for you to say because you made it. You have a car. You have this. You have that. I have nothing. I lost everything. I lost my savings, my 401k. I'm starting from the bottom. Created live on Fireside. Welcome to Athletic Definition. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Coach Ray Z, and I have completed 57 marathons, blue belt in jiu-jitsu, endurance athlete, and I'm just an overall fitness fanatic. The highlight of my week was I put an Instagram story to David Goggins because I pre-ordered his book, and he responded to me. So that made my highlight, David Goggins. I've been following that guy for years, and I know a lot of people uh, may say that now and really doesn't really matter how long you've been following him, as long as you're getting the raw message that he's providing. I'm going to kind of go back a little bit how I heard of David Goggins. His book came out back in 2018. And one of the things he wrote to me was Stay Hard. So that's why the title of the show is called Staying Hard. So I ran my first marathon, Los Angeles Marathon, without training back in 2007. It was going to be a one and done for me, just like a bucket list thing. I didn't want to do another one. In fact, I was so sore I couldn't walk properly for a month uh, because I didn't train. And so that was it. And then I found out, hey, there's another marathon about maybe six, seven months later. And I was just, you know, my ego was like, oh, I can't believe how sore you were. I can't believe how sore you were. So eight months later, even though I said I would never run another marathon again, I find myself in the Long Beach Marathon and I'm running the Long Beach Marathon. And then once again, I'm all pumped up. My mind is after you finish something, especially when you think you can't do it, your mind starts going, what, what, would I, what else is possible? Am I selling myself short? And then you're all motivated and you're pumped up for a while. And then it, at least for me personally, it dissipated. It, it went away. And I was just really happy to complete marathons. But then I started going down the rabbit hole of running. And I started looking into, well, what are the toughest races? And who are the best of the best? Because look at the top people. It's something that has been within me for I don't know how long. It's just I always like to see whatever, you know, discipline, martial arts, or sports, or fitness you do, I always like to see the top of the top. So I started looking into it, and I across uh, the ultra marathon man, Dean Carnassus. And when I heard of Dean Carnassus, I was very impressed. And then when I heard about his story, it was very similar to mine. And then after that, I heard him talking about Badwater. I think I seen something on 60 Minutes and he was going up against some female and she ended up beating him that year. And then I'm watching this thing on Badwater and I'm like, oh, and look at how long it's been and I still haven't done it. It, it is a goal. I want to do it now that I've had some past guests who've completed Badwater. It's definitely even more on my radar. And I, now it's just time to put up or shut up basically. But when I, when I saw this, I saw David Goggins finished Badwater. And there was some, I, I think he was from Covina. He was a teacher. He was probably like the one of the older competitors that year, I believe. And I'm going all off memory from like 12 years ago. I think he was from Covina, uh, Covina. I think he was like a teacher. And once David Goggins finished his Badwater Marathon, which in case you don't know, is supposed to be the world's toughest race. It's uh, 135 miles in the lowest elevation of United States to the highest elevation of United States while uh, the 
temperatures can go up to, I don't know, 122 up to 135. It gets so hot that your shoes will melt on the pavement. And so after he completed his ultra bad water, this guy, this older gentleman, he was, he was bad. He was banged up, but he wasn't giving up. He was, I swear, if you, if you saw him and I was trying to find the footage earlier, he was like with a completely 90 degree back. He, he, he wasn't even walking straight anymore because at this point he had nothing left, but he just wouldn't give up. David Goggins heard about this guy. So after he finishes, David goes and he meets with this guy and he, he goes with him to help him finish. And I was like, oh, that is just some bad motherfucker. You can finish a 135 mile race and then go still help someone out. I, I was just impressed. So I started going down the rabbit hole more and finding out who he was. So I kind of looked back on some of my Facebook posts and I've been posting about David Goggins. The earliest one that I found without really looking that long was from August 10th, 2010. I saw one of his Navy SEAL commercials. And in that commercial, he talks about, you know, his typical day, how he wakes up at three in the morning and he'll run like 10, 15 miles and then he'll bike to work. And then during lunch, he doesn't actually eat. He'll do like another 10 miles and then he'll rut ride his bike home. And if he's not too tired, he'll do like another two or three miles. He's like, that's how I train every day. I don't just train one hour. I was like, man, this guy's badass. And one of the lines he says in there is the only easy day was yesterday. So pretty much for a few years, all I would do is I would post the video and I would really do it more for myself. I would do it so often that I, I remember and I'll see if I could find in the comments and in the edit, I'll show it to you. But people were like, you always post the same thing. I'm like, it's really more for me. It fired me up and it fired anybody up. Uh, that would be even better if when I'm posting it, if someone actually clicked on it and saw the video and saw who this badass was. I don't know how many people actually did. Some people did, and they're, they were like amazed. I'm like, look at this guy. Look at what he's doing. And I would just always tag, the only easy day was yesterday. Have a productive day. And put the video. The only easy day was yesterday. Have a productive day. And so I did that for years, and I got excited that David Goggins actually wrote back to me. Even though I know he's promoting his book, but the fact that David Goggins has 5.3 million followers, and I actually wasn't following him on the page that I tagged him. I follow him on a, I have more than one Instagram page. So if you want to check out Coach Ray Instagram or Athletic Definition, uh, you're more than welcome to. And you could see when I do shows and who's going to be on or check out my workouts. And so the fact that he actually saw my my tag of David Goggins with he has 5.3 million followers. He follows nobody. That means that I would have landed in the junk because I get plenty of junk uh, Instagram messages about cryptocurrency or blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, wow, I was so excited. So I kind of was started thinking back about, you know, how long I've known about him. And after that, that old man, I was, like I said, super impressed by him. I would watch his commercial all the time. Now, I would say most people heard about him maybe when he wrote his book. And I'm going to say probably uh, Rich, I think his name is Rich Rollins, who is uh, supposed to be uh, one of the top fitness running podcasts out there. I heard him on there. And then I heard him on Joe Rogan. So, And then I kept hearing him and I would watch everything with him or listen to anything. So honestly, by the time his book came out, You Can't Hurt Me, I kind of like was like, eh, I, I know everything about him. I, I don't need to read his book. So I never got the book, but everyone who got it, it's like, 
high rating, high rating. Everybody pretty much recommends it. I'm sure the few people that don't just maybe are haters or just, I don't know. But overall, most people really like it. Like learning about him and about his book, but I didn't get his book. So in this time from 2007 till now, I'm still running marathons and I've done 57 total. But I would always, like I mentioned, just kind of motivation won't last. It, I wasn't, I was content when I would complete a marathon knowing that only 0.05% of United States population will ever run a marathon. So to me, knowing that I could run a marathon without really training, to me, that that made me content. I was happy with that. And in a way, it was a cop-out because then I really wasn't pushing my limitations. Because by training properly, you can push your body to actually go for faster times. But at that time, I was into more partying than anything and going to different cities and states and getting drunk the night before. And to me, that made it more challenging. It wasn't like to me, what made it challenging was drinking the whole night before, maybe the morning of, maybe grabbing some beers during the actual marathon and doing it and completing it. And like I said, I was just satisfied with knowing that most people won't even run it. The fact that I just love sports and, and love working out uh, pretty much was enough for me. And then at some point, I realized that even though that was enough for me, I realized like, what what if I can do more? Like, I mean, what if I actually start training? Can can I do better? And at the same time, each time I'm completing a marathon, my confidence is growing. My confidence is growing. And like I said, the book comes out. Don't get it. And I'm just kind of happy, content, uh, training martial arts, playing basketball, just doing everything, working at gyms, being happy. And then working at gyms just wasn't enough money, unfortunately. I think right now with how you see obesity becoming such a huge thing where actually more people in the United States are dying from obesity or heart disease or diabetes than actually from famine, then right now, I think that coaches, personal trainers should definitely get paid more by the gyms. That way they could help out. But it, it wasn't really great money. And I left and I got a job at the bank and I worked my way up the bank thinking, Hey, that's what you do, right? You work your way up the bank. The bank uh, for me was good money and good benefits and everything else. But I was unhappy. I was really unhappy. I didn't like what I was doing and I didn't feel good about it because I worked for the bank that, uh, if you ever seen Dirty Money on Netflix, that's the bank I worked for. They were in the news, like many other banks. And this one was the bank that was known to open up accounts without permission. They weren't the only bank, but they were. They got the most permission. And I worked my way up, and I worked my way up. And then I started trying to push myself more and more and more. So pushing my own limits, and then... I started realizing, and I got to go back because I remember I posted about it. At some point, I realized what I enjoy about the whole marathon is the fact that I know I'm not training. So when you don't train properly for something, what's going to happen most likely? You're, you'll probably finish it, but you're going to have to give out an all-out effort more than you would if you properly trained. Your body will probably fail you because you didn't need properly and you'll probably hit the wall and 
when I hit the wall, that's when I'm like, why am I doing this? Questioning, why am I doing this? Because to train for a marathon, it takes up a lot of your personal time. So I really enjoyed, I think like a lot of people, the whole race, but the actual preparation, I didn't. And then I realized that maybe I'm a little bit of a masochist and I enjoy that that pain. I enjoy, what I really enjoyed was knowing that my body wanted to quit and that I would have to use my heart and my mind to push myself through it. And I got through many marathons that way. So that's what I really enjoyed. But overall, you know, especially listening to uh, You Can't Hurt Me, because I got the odd audible version, I, I realized that I, I was still selling myself short because even though in my mind I had that seed of, well, what else could I do? I was selling myself short. So in 2017, I decided, hey, I, I want to push my limits. It was 2017, 2016, maybe, and I attempted my first back-to-back marathons, and I did it, success. And I was like, wow, that, that's pretty amazing. I can't believe it. Build a little bit more confidence. I'm like, well, what else can I do then? And so then I did back-to-back marathons again, and that was pretty cool. And I'm like, okay, now I have to push my limits. I got, I got to do, do something else. So then I decided to do the San Francisco Marathon, And then within that same, in less than a week, it was like five days, I ran San Francisco Marathon and then I ran it on Sunday. And then the following Saturday, I competed in a jiu-jitsu tournament and I got second place in a lower age group because there was the person who was going to be my age group dropped out. So I went with the younger people and I I ended up getting second place, which blew my mind because I was like, wow, I, I was afraid that I wouldn't even be able to put the guard on somebody that's if you've ever seen UFC or anything it's where the guy falls on his back you're on your back and you wrap your legs around your opponent so I wasn't even sure if I could do that or hold somebody down in that way and then when I got second I was like oh that that's that's pretty amazing so then I was even more confident and I wanted to push my limits even more and then I decided to run a marathon a month and so I ran a marathon a month from, I think this is in 2018, from January uh, to basically December. And I remember, I think it was October, November, I wanted to do a bonus one. So I actually ended up doing 13 marathons that year. So I did a marathon a month and then the year ended and I'm like, well, I may never be able to do this again. So let me see how many more I could do. So I ended up doing uh, 13 for 13 months. Uh, my last one after that was LA Marathon. That was 13 marathons, 14 really, or 14 marathons in, in a little bit over a year. So I'm like, okay. After that, I was f- feeling super confident. And then at the same time, I'm unhappy, even though I'm climbing the corporate ladder at work, even though I'm climbing it. In For a long time, I didn't climb it because I would be always the person saying, well, that's not helping the customer. If you're saying this is helping the customer and it's all about the customer, then why are we offering them you know, this when they can't even afford to have money in their savings account? Or why do we have to offer them a third savings account when they can't even put money in their first savings account? So I'd always be the guy arguing with management. I, w- I would assume that they considered me a troublemaker because of that, but I was just being honest. And at the time working for it, I didn't know 
what was going on in the branches as far as all these unauthorized accounts because I worked at the call center where you you call up the person and you yell at them because your card's being declined because you're going over your limit or maybe you're in a different state on vacation and forgot to notify the bank that you're on vacation and then you get a fraud alert so I always I would take about 80 to 100 calls a uh, 80 to 120 calls per day and pretty much I would say majority of them were people angry and some sort of fraud on their account. So uh, I wasn't, I was happy that I was actually helping people, but I really wasn't truly able to help them because it was really more about, hey, let's see what I can refer you to benefit the bank and not actually to benefit you. So that part I didn't like. And I ended up going up to treasury management, which at the bank is the, the, the most difficult department to get into. And I ended up, being there and I had a large portfolio of like 40 people, I mean, 40 companies ranging from in and out to ASICs to Northgate Gonzalez and on and on. And the first year and a half, I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. I, I like it. I think I found my department. And then as time goes on, I, I felt empty and I felt like every day I would go to work. I was just dying inside. I just had no joy, no fulfillment, and the money didn't matter to me. But it gave me the opportunity to be able to pursue my passions outside of work. And just at the time, I did help train a few people for marathons and different things in training, because that's just my passion, sports and working out. So then in uh, 2019, I'm like, well, it's time to push the limits even more. I want to do Lake Tahoe Triple Marathon, which is three marathons in three days. You run around Lake Tahoe, which is, I believe, 78.6 miles in three days. On Friday, you run one portion. On Saturday, you run a second portion of the lake. And then the third day, you run the other portion. So you pretty much run around Lake Tahoe in three days. The first night that, or the first morning of the first marathon, I had this just crazy panic attack of self-doubt. You can't do it. Who do you think you are? I don't care if you've completed 56 marathons or 57. You can't do this. All this just negativity, and it's all just my inner voice just telling me all kinds of shit, telling me you can't do it, you can't do it. Just stay in the hotel. It's warm. Don't go out there. It was like 17 degrees. I'm from Southern California, so that right there was like, in the, when I opened the door, I was like, I don't even want to go outside. But I got through it. I ended up finishing it. And that was, that was like pretty life changing because at that point I pushed my own mental limits to a new boundary. And I'm like, well, if I could do that, what else can I do? And also because of that and everything else, I was like, I think I'm ready to move on from the bank. I don't think I want to do this anymore. And so I was looking around uh, for different jobs. And then we all know what happened in 2020. The whole pandemic happened. And pretty much my plans to leave just went went down the drain. I, I, was, pl- I was planning to apply at the gym across the street where I, I worked out and trained jiu-jitsu. And I figured, I know I'm going to make less money, but I'm actually going to be doing stuff that I love and being able to help people because I love to see when people get results and I love to see when people accomplish uh, something that they think that they could never do. It's such a, for me, fulfilling feeling. And with the whole pandemic, I was like, oh no, 
uh, I can't do it. And then we got to work from home. And I was like, oh, well, maybe this isn't too bad working from home. But that that also short was short-lived because it just it went away quickly, the whole enthusiasm for it. I was still doing the same job and and I didn't feel appreciated in many, many different things. So like I said, I just wasn't fulfilled there. And then I decided to take the jump. So I'm like, okay, I'm leaving the bank. I don't care. I'm going to make less money. And I I left the bank during the pandemic. And then what ends up happening is I get a job at the gym and it's my first day. And then they're like, we're going to have to let you go because it's the second wave. So I was out of a job. I was so happy. It was like such a roller coaster of emotions. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like out of there. I get to start fresh. And then you're out of a job. And I'm like, oh, did I make a mistake? And I had to reevaluate everything. But at the same time, the whole world isn't even functioning right. So it's like, what do you do? You're, 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 you're limited to what you can normally do, you know, as far as maybe looking for work, everything's just upside down. So it's not like I could just go back to like normal and be like, well, I'll just apply. A lot of places closed down and a lot of businesses don't exist. And, and so that was pretty interesting right there, an interesting time. And I ended up, like I said, I had coached some people to finish marathons and help people train. So I told myself, well, okay, I can't work for an actual gym. I'm going to double down and help people train. So I'm going to, I'm helping people train. I'm helping people get ready for the marathon. I'm, and it's all going better. I mean, as good as it could be during a pandemic. And then I get my Cadillac converter stolen. It's such a hot item right now. They steal it from my car. And then I become carless. Because I become carless, I can't make the meetings to go meet my clients. So I pretty much lost all my clients. And so once again, I'm like, oh, did I make the right decision? Because I had weekends off. I had a month vacation. I had benefits. And, uh, you know, a steady income versus the unexpected where you don't really know what's going to happen. And while I'm reinventing myself or trying to figure out if, are you really passionate about helping people? Are you really passionate about helping people get in better shape? Then while I'm thinking about that, Fireside comes along. And Fireside was something that, not necessarily Fireside, but having my own podcast was something that I had been talking about for years and talking about it and talking about it. And I was one of the first ones to get early access. So grateful for that. And then in the beginning when Fireside started, it was just voice. So I'm like, perfect. I get to, I get to like get better. And then video came along shortly and I'm like, well, I'm just going to go for it. And one of the things about podcasting that I didn't know is a good podcast, a really good one, in my opinion, is where the person is being authentic and is being real. But it's really hard to be real because a lot of us will be like, oh, I don't really care what people say about us. I don't care what people say about us. But then we really do care what they say about us. And it makes it difficult to be authentic, to be real, because you're concerned about what other people are going to say. So the whole podcast thing has been very interesting in that way. I look back and I know I'm a fan of The Rock and The Rock was 
pretty much stinking up WWE. He started off as Rocky Maravilla, and everybody was like kind of booing him. He even said 16,000 people were chanting, you suck, you suck. And so he went to WWE, and he told them, can you guys please give me one minute just to be myself, just to be myself. If I want to laugh, I laugh. If I don't, I don't. Well, once WWE gave him the authority to be himself, his popularity skyrocketed. So I know I have to be myself and I know I have to open up and I know I have to just say what I really feel, but it is not easy. And that is why I like that David Goggins book so much, You Can't Hurt Me, because, I mean, he talks about him shitting on himself, about, you know, running with broken legs, being called racist and words and 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 derogatory words. And he to be so open and real to me is what makes something good. Uh, there's another old movie called uh, Eight Mile with Eminem in it. And in the very last scene, he's he's pretty much battled like three people to get to the finals. And everybody is making fun of him because he's white. And so at the very end, when he's battling the last guy, when he's battling the last guy, he gets to go first and he goes, you know what? I'm just going to basically keep it real and I'm going to say everything that you're going to say about me. And then that just makes it easier. And I always love that because I'm like, you know how brave you have to be to be able to be like, I am white trash. You did sleep with my girlfriend. My friend did shoot himself in the foot. You guys did jump me. I am a bum. It's like, well, after that, the guy had nothing to say. And so when you can get to that self-confidence where you can say whatever you want to say and not care about what other people think or say about you, because regardless, they are going to say what they're going to say about you. I know I say a lot of times, I don't care. People, they're not paying my bills, but you know, deep down inside, you do care because I, I'm not even Joe Rogan and I, I really see negative comments and people doing backhanded comments. And I'm like, well... I just can't care. I just can't care. And then I ended up buying David Goggins' book because uh, I found out he's coming out with a new one. It's called, uh, I'm pretty sure it's called Unfinished. And so I bought it on pre-sale and that's when I hashtagged to add David Goggins, can't wait for the book. And then that's when I got a reply and it said, stay hard. You're going to fucking love it. He said uh, he got sad at the end of the book because he kind of recorded like a podcast. So he said he got sad because it was the ending of it. So then what happened while I'm doing podcasting is I'm learning about podcasting and I'm learning about myself and I'm like just thinking, oh, it's so easy. I'll be able to do this or do that. So I started reaching out to people and then the self-doubt, that self-doubt kicks in. And after everything, I'm like, why is this self-doubt kicking in? It's just part of the learning process and part of every day that self-doubt is going to be there, but it's going to be you getting mentally strong to be able to overcome it. My first podcast to me, the people that I had on there, they were incredible. They were running from Santa Monica, California to Las Vegas, Nevada. I thought, what a great way to kick off my, my podcast. I believe my second one was my friend Fabiola, who... Uh, graduated from college during the pandemic, who came over here, DACA, and is training people to students, part of Student Run LA, to complete marathons. I had an Olympian, my third mar uh, my third podcast uh, from Nigeria, Owl, 
And then for my fourth one, I had uh, my buddy who's, I think he has like three black belts. He's blind. He's a surfing champion, stand-up comedian. He plays guitar. So I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And thinking it's all no problem, right? And then the video thing, and that's where self-doubt. Well, how do I look? And this and this and that. So as I'm going along the process, I'm, I'm just learning. I ended up writing to David Goggins. And I had no expectation of them actually writing back to me. So when they wrote back to me, I think they told me that their true person team and that David Goggins is not doing any sort of a podcast right now. But if I want to give them more information, they'll reach back out to me. I don't know if I ever did or not, to be honest with you. But they ended up reaching out to me. I received a second email from them and they wanted to know more. And the self-doubt kicked in like, who am I? You're not Joe Rogan. You don't even have millions of followers. You don't even have thousands of followers. Well, I do, but, you know, in my mind, I'm just like the self-doubt, the negativity is just creeping in. And I'm like, yeah, who am I? They're going to, I already know what they're going to want. They're going to want to know, well, how many downloads do I have and how much this and how much this. And I basically, uh, I I was a little bitch, like David Goggins would say. I, I, I punked out. I didn't even write back. And I also like wrote to Win Hoff and I got a response and it was at the same time. And I'm like, oh, I just chickened out basically. I I didn't man up. I didn't write back. And I moved on. I've had some even bigger guests as far as in fitness and, you know, my confidence as a podcaster and just being on the camera and everything has grown. And then... I ended up getting his book and I've been, I'm almost done with it. And then when I heard about the other book, I'm like, man, this book is so good. It's so good that I want to pre-order that book already. So then I pre-ordered it, tagged him. And I'm like, you know, what are the odds of him seeing my post and him actually replying to me? And so to me, this is a sign to write to his people again and be straight up and be like, I was scared. I, 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 I was self-talking myself out of it. I was being negative. I was being doubtful. And I'm just putting myself out here. And this is where I'm at. And, you know, what are they going to do? Tell me no, which is, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad if they told me no, if they're like, oh no, you're too small of a creator. But the fact that he wrote to me, I do, I do look up to him in a lot of the things that he's been able to accomplish in his life. We are not the same and we are, we have different lives. We, we different experiences growing up. So I don't expect him to be like me. I'm, I'm, I'm like way different. You know, like I said, I was the guy drinking and just partying and all this stuff while he's out there just being hardcore, hardcore. But the whole point of this is that, Whatever it is that you're doing, there's going to be self-doubt, whether it's in finance or school or losing weight or getting in better shape or starting your own podcast, maybe starting your own business, things you failed at. It is so much better to come back stronger. And then you kind of have an idea of what you're up against. Because sometimes when you attack it because you don't know better, it in a way it's better. But then if you fail, don't let that just keep you down after you fail. Okay, now... 
you can reassess the things and see how can I come back better? Because a lot of the times it's just like this victim mentality that we have. I remember I used to be like, well, why does this person get to be ambassador for this race when I don't? I have more races than them. But then I could it, it could have all come down to I didn't know how to write a proper email. So I had to work on my writing skills so that when I apply for an ambassador, my application looks better. So instead of blaming everybody else, I started looking to ways to improve myself. And I feel that through physical fitness, that mentality just, there's no way for you to just kind of be lazy about or be so enthusiastic about one thing and then just go be completely lazy at another. I, I don't understand people who could do that. And I don't really think it's possible. Like if you are lazy at working out, you're probably going to be lazy at work. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but up to now, that's kind of the conclusion. We all have something we could work on. You know, life is with family, love, balance, kids, wives, husbands, work, careers, college. There's always something to balance and the only way to do it is by just straight up attacking it and staying hard no matter what. So I hope that everybody who listens to this will consider checking out his book. If you haven't, uh, you, you can't hurt me. I'm telling you, I think I'm on chapter eight right now. And as following him for so many years, listening to the book and know, like some of the things I already knew, but listening to the book all over again, I'm like, wow, it's like I could relate to so many things and some things I can't relate to because, you know, like some some of his childhood upbringing, my, my dad never beat me like that or never put a gun to my face. So some things I, I can't relate, but some things I can relate. And it's like, wow, it's like, I can't believe how much you like Rocky. I can't believe how much you listen to that song. I can't believe how much you find the same scene that I find intriguing and so now, one day, I can come back and tell everybody, check out this episode. This is me telling you how I didn't have the balls to write back to David Goggins' people to be my guest. So in the future, I hope to make an announcement, putting it out there in the universe, that David Goggins will be my guest to come and talk about his new book. I'm hoping in December, I'm going to write to him again. So... If you want to follow along and find out if David Goggins comes on my show, follow me at CoachRayZ.com. Follow me here on Fireside as RayZ. That way you can be alerted to the shows. I usually do them Friday. I try to do more shows, but things are being very hectic. But honestly, listening to that book, no matter how hectic things are, I'm, um, I'm using that same mentality because even before I knew about the book, I realized that. I do like it when things are difficult. I do like it when my body, as I mentioned, is failing. And then all I have is guts, my heart, my soul, and my mind to push me through it. And so instead of so being so, oh, you know, this is hard, this is negative, I'm learning to enjoy it because so many of us just fall in love with the happiness and the the love, the 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 cheering. That's why I think I like the racing because, hey, there's excitement. There's people cheering for you. And the training, there is no people cheering for you. There is nobody there. But as Mahab said, you know, the champion is done behind when no one's looking. Like Kobe Bryant said, those early morning workouts, those late night workouts, the struggle, that 
that is really the whole that's that's the championship so now i i've it's been years i've switched from not being the guy who likes to train not being the guy to be prepared to being the guy prepared being the guy to train i probably love training more than the actual race now and now the races are more what if i don't think it's over for me as far as what i want to accomplish athletically i'm not ready to give up as far as well you know i had a nice run of doing this this year has been rough i mean hey i work i go to work i walk to work it takes me one hour there one hour back i do that and after that I work on my podcast, I work on editing, I'm the one-man show, I'm doing everything. And so I know a lot of times it's so easy for people to be like, oh, well, it's easy for you to say because you made it, you have a car, you have this, you have that. I have nothing. I lost everything. I lost my savings, my 401k. I'm starting from the bottom up and everything that I was doing, like, let's say for the bank, it was only benefiting them. And I learned so many skills there and other jobs that I'm like, it's time to do it for myself. It is a lot more difficult. It is a lot more scary. It is a lot more just challenging. But in the long run, I know I'm going to be more satisfied because I started thinking it's cool to be able to train with a few people, but I'm not going to be really able to change and impact lives. But with a podcast, with a podcast, I could change lives. I could impact people. I don't know where I got it from. I've always wanted to help people. Tony Robbins is from Azusa. I'm from Azusa. Maybe there's something in Azusa, but I've always wanted to help people. That That's what I'm passionate about. Like I said, I really enjoy when people push themselves to new limits. I know some people have been really mad at me when I push them because to push you to a new limit, Sometimes you got to be broken. And when you're broken at that point, I've been cussed at a few times and told some stuff. But then later on, when they realize what I did, they they appreciate it. But also just little small wins like, hey, I lost five pounds or, hey, I was able to walk a mile or I was able to play with my grandkids. So I really uh, am excited about what is in store uh, in the future, what bigger guests I will bring on. But I will never stop bringing on the small guests because to me, it's all about the life stories. There's so many people that I've got to meet, you know, from basketball to ultra runners to black belts in jujitsu to boxers. And these people are really committed. They, they, me being around them and seeing how, how serious they take it and pursue their athletic career or pursuit of a race or a competition and just seeing how professional they are about it and how they take it to a different level has helped me raise myself to a different level. And I'm, I'm really excited because I, I'm a dreamer. I really think big things are ahead, even though people are like, oh, you don't even have a car, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Big things are ahead. I'm going to make it. I'm going to stay positive. I'm not going to stop. And I hope that Whoever is down and out right now in your luck and going through some rough times during the holidays, we all go through our things. I'm not trying to say that mine is tougher or yours is tougher or anything like that, but just keep going. Keep going. And, you know, if you need some support, 
that's what my episodes are for. If not, you can also reach out to me at Coach Ray Z uh, and athleticdefinition.com. So thank you everybody for joining. My name is Coach Ray Z, Athletic Definition. Stay hard. <laughs>